Hello, everybody. Welcome to College Hoops Chat here on WVOX 1460 AM. I'm your host, Jim Maceno. This is your weekly college basketball radio show in the great city of New Rochelle, New York. So we have some very good guests tonight. I'm really looking forward to our guest. First, one of the most popular guests we have on the show would be former Iona coach, uh, coached a lot of places actually, Pat Kennedy. I will tell you on Twitter today, when I put up that Pat Kennedy was going to be our guest, it got a lot of positive comments, a lot. Uh, he's coached at Iona, Florida State, DePaul, Montana, and Towson State. There's a lot of teams. He also coached Pace for a little while uh, locally here. Uh, so Pat Kennedy is a very popular uh, coach here in Westchester County, across the country, and we're happy he's going to be in the show at 8.15. At 8.30, I'm looking forward to our, a new guest, and that will be Brant Wilkerson uh, from the Seahawk Perch from Wilmington, North Carolina. He covers the University of North Carolina Wilmington Seahawks, a team I know about because we have a house in Wilmington, North Carolina, so I do follow them, and uh, they're having a great season, if you didn't know that. They're playing the University of Charleston, uh, this week in what's being uh, seen as one of the big mid-major games of the year. So Charleston is 16-1, and one, uh, and they've won 15 in a row. And University of North Carolina at Wilmington is 14-3, and three, and they've won 13 in a row. So this is going to be a heck of a game on Wednesday. Everybody's talking about it on social media. Uh, so we're going to have Brant Wilkerson, who has a blog called The Seahawk Perch that covers University of North Carolina at Wilmington, call in at 8.30, I'm really looking forward to that because when I started the show three years ago, I hoped to cover University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And this is their moment where they're getting national press. So we'll have Brant call in at 830. And then at 845, of course, our number one caller, Kenny from Rye. We're going to talk about Fordham, who has their biggest game in about a decade, Tuesday night against Dayton at home. Huge game for the Fordham Rams. We're going to talk a little bit about that game as well. All right. So somebody asked me today, are you going to talk about the rumors about Rick Pitino possibly going to coach somewhere else? And the answer is no. And I'll tell you why the answer is no. Because there's so much rumor, innuendo, gossip on the internet right now, on social media, on Twitter, about Rick Pitino's next stop. Let me tell you something. Rick Pitino's the coach of Iona University right now, and he's doing a great job despite the tough game yesterday. I don't know if Rick Pitino's going anywhere. There's a lot of gossip. Uh, nobody knows anything right now. I'm probably closer to this situation than most covering Iona College, being involved uh, in the media here for college basketball in Westchester County. And two things have to happen for Rick Pitino to go. He's got to get an offer, and it's got to be an offer somewhere he wants to go. Nobody knows if that's going to happen. A, he gets an offer. B, an offer that he likes. He may write, He may be right back at Iona University next year, so we're not talking about it any further. Okay, uh, Iona had a bad Sunday. I mean bad, I mean really bad. We're going to talk about it with Pat Kennedy. So at this point, I'm going to go a little slow on it. Let me just tell you that yesterday, a team that I'm really impressed with this year, the Iona University Gales, yesterday got blown out by Quinnipiac. It happens, 81-58. They played at Quinnipiac. Friday night, they played great. They Iona blew out Marist on the road. Uh, but then they went on the road to Quinnipiac on Sunday, and it was the perfect storm, as people said on Twitter. Everything went right for Quinnipiac. They played great. 
Nothing went right for Iona. They played lousy. So we're going to talk about that tonight on the show for sure. But it was a really, really bad Sunday yesterday for the Iona University Gales. And I have to tell you, I kind of sat there in utter shock. Utter shock watching the game. I mean, I've watched every minute of every Iona game. I know the team extremely well. Follow it. I cover it. And what I saw on the court looked nothing like what I've seen all year from Iona University Gales. All right, a couple of things nationally, since we're doing more of a local show tonight or more mid-major show, I noticed something interesting. There's two polls I like to check. I like to check the Associated Press poll. That is the, uh, the, the poll that's based on a look, the eye test, what people see on the court. College basketball writers, that's the Associated Press poll. And then there's Ken Palm, one of the preeminent sites for the analytics that rank teams by analytics. And there's others too, and they're very good. It's just not Kempom, there's others. But Kempom is kind of the most popular. Both polls have Houston Cougars number one. Now that's a little bit rare. Houston is number one in both the analytical poll and the eye test poll. And that tells you how good the Houston Cougars are. Kempom in their top five has Tennessee two, UConn three, UCLA four, Kansas five. Uh, the Associated Press has Houston one, Kansas two, Purdue three, Alabama four, Tennessee five. So you see a lot of the same schools at the top of both, which is interesting. So uh, we got a long way to go. We can't get crazy with polls at this time of the year, but we do have interesting to note that the Houston Cougars are kind of becoming, at least for this week, look, team could lose next week. It changes everything. But right now, Houston is kind of across the board, number one team in the country. Uh, a lot of people don't see Houston that much because they're in the American Conference that doesn't play in many of these really big, big games. So we'll see. We'll see more about Houston all year. I mean, they have to play Memphis, who's really good. See how Houston-Memphis, that should be a game to put on your board, okay? Houston-Memphis, because that's the one big challenge to Houston in the American Conference. All right, I'm told that we have our show's great friend, uh, Pat Kennedy, on the line, someone who coached college basketball for over 30 years, head coach for some big-time teams. Pat Kennedy, are you there? Yes, I am here. Great to meet you guys. We're so happy to have you, Pat. I just told, I want you to know, because I know you're not a big social media guy, when I put up today you were on the show, I got a lot of nice comments. Well, that's very nice. It's great, it's great to be with you guys. Always love talking college you. Pat, you got a lot of popularity all over the place. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's great to hear. Well, we love New Rochelle. We have wonderful friends there, and we had uh, family, and of course, I was there for, people forget, I was there for a total of nine years, six years as head coach, but three years as an assistant. So we had a great decade in New Rochelle. It's a great town. You certainly did. You did a great job for the Iona College Gales at the time they were called college, now the university. Then you went to Florida State and DePaul and Montana and Towson and came back to Pace for a while. Pat, you coached a lot of teams. Yes, I did. And it's interesting because it's a lot of different levels and uh, I was fortunate not a lot of coaches get a chance to coach in all different sections of our country. You know, out on the West Coast, the games play a little differently. The officiating's a little differently in the Midwest. In, in Chicago, same thing, uh, down South. So uh, by being in the, in the East and the South and the Midwest and West, uh, especially with officiating, I really got a chance to learn a lot about the uh, dynamics of college basketball. All right, Pat, I got some gossip about you. It's not gossip about where Rick Pitino's going next year. I have some gossip on Pat Kennedy, uh, uh, on Iona coach. I heard that you're coaching again high school basketball. 
Yes, well, that's absolutely true. I'm back down in Florida. Uh, I'm at Jefferson High School outside of Tallahassee, where Florida State is located. So we were able to come back and be with a lot of our friends here at the Florida State, a school which has obviously really developed over the years. It's an incredible university right now. And, um, and yeah, so I took over as athletic director and head coach of Jefferson High School, and uh, it's been very, very enjoyable. It's a, athletics is terrific in the South, and uh, there's a lot of emphasis on it. And, and uh, we've uh, got a great tradition in Jefferson, so I'm looking forward to build on it. That's great. Well, congratulations that you're uh, working hard again, like your coaching days, and uh, you got the team, the coach, and athletic directors, a lot of work, too. Best of luck to you, Pat. I hope it all goes great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the AD part of it as well. All right, super. All right, so now I got to go to something that we're not too happy about in the city of New Rochelle today. Yesterday, this great Iona team that was kind of really rolling through the MAC conference and their schedule, uh, everything looked great. Uh, and next thing you know, um, they go out to Quinnipiac yesterday. Uh, and kind of shock everybody, got blown off the court. Pat, I know this happens, right? Great teams have bad nights. Sometimes when you're the top team in a conference, you're the hunted. Everybody plays their best game at home against you. I think it was a buzzsaw for Iona yesterday. Everything went right for Quinnipiac. Nothing went right for Iona. I imagine you've been there, Pat. Yeah, there's no question about it. I got a chance to watch uh, some clips of the game. I didn't watch the whole game, but I watched some of the clips. And uh, they, had, they had some kids really drilling some long-range three balls. And then I looked at the stats. And what happens in those situations, it, 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 it is what it is. You come in, you don't shoot the ball as well. That's what the, th- the three-point shot has changed college basketball. Another team comes in, and they shoot lights out, and that's all you need. One team to shoot the lights out, another team can't make a shot. Plus, for the Iona fans, they need to understand. I mean, Clayton did not play. Is that correct? Uh, Walter Clay, and neither did Quinn Slazinski, two of the four, two of their five starters. Yeah, are those, were they injured? Or they just Both injured. Make it, yeah, well, I, I've often said, you take any college team, and I've had teams, I go back to the Jeff Rule in difficult years at the very end. Jeff had, had terrific teams and really good players, and he did a great job of coaching them, and then all of a sudden you have a year where three of your top players get injured. You can't, you can't recover when two or three of your top players at a lower mid-major uh, level of basketball, get injured. So, I mean, Rick basically, with those two kids out, lost 20 points. How many points did they lose by? Right, huh. They lost by 16 or 17. So, uh, great, great game for Quinnipiac. They were going on all cylinders. And it was just one that Iona will take and throw out the window. Uh, and they'll get right back on track. There's no doubt in my mind. All right, I'm going to test your memory now, Pat. Because uh, I do know you do have a good memory because you've definitely shown us on the show in the past. You had a game like this. I thought your best team ever was that 26-5, and 1985 team. Grimes and Hargraves and Coleman, uh, Simons. That was a terrific team. And you had a game on my brother's birthday, who was an Iona student, by the way. On January 31st, 1985, you went up to Holy Holy Cross. And that great team of yours lost 102-85. Kind of similar, right, to Iona losing all yesterday to Quinnipiac. Yeah, and they had the leading scorer in the country, McCaffrey. Okay. And uh, he had transferred into Holy Cross, and uh, he was just unstoppable that night. In fact, I got a chance to play golf with him most recently, and he still was playing in senior basketball leagues over in Ireland. Uh, in great shape, could still play, but he was the leading scorer in the country, and he just lit us up. Uh, we had beaten them in New Rochelle 
pretty good, pretty soundly, and uh, they couldn't stop Stevie Burt. And uh, when we went up there, they really put it to us, and that's when they were uh, kind of a much better program than they are now. Right, right, absolutely. Pat, um, tell me about this concept that I think is real. I see it all the time, is that when you're the top dog, you're the top team in the conference, when you go on the road, everybody plays their best game. They get pumped up to beat the number one team. How much is that a real thing from a coaching perspective? Well, it, it, that's a real thing. I mean, you know, motivation, enthusiasm uh, equals energy levels. Energy levels equals guys playing better, making certain plays. So, like, you know, you go, you play a neutral site against the Seattle. Well, Seattle, those kids don't really, with all due respect, they don't know who Rick Pitino is. Right. They don't know much about it, the Iona history. And so you get, and and they're and they're pretty good this year, Seattle. And so you get two good, you know, low to mid major teams playing on a neutral site. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good basketball game. I thought that was a good win for Iona. Um, and but then you get in the conference play, and everybody knows you. They scout you a little bit more. They scout you a little bit better, and the players know each other. Uh, and there's no question, Rick's teams now is this particular team. I think is is slated uh, to win the league. Although Siena seems to be playing pretty good. Um, so they're they're going to be hunted by everybody that plays them. Yeah, but I think it will be important for Iona to get those youngsters back, in particular Clayton. I, I remember back to the Seattle game at the start of the second half, Clayton put the team on his shoulders and knocked down three or four early shots. Uh, to me, I mean, the big kids can play well. The, the one slender youngster can really run the floor. Joseph is a big, strong kid up front. But Clayton is the key to that team, uh, in my opinion. He's the guy they need to play well. I think when he plays well, they're going to be extremely hard to beat in the MAC. Well, they are, and one of the reasons why is when Walter Clayton plays well, you know, he's playing next to Dennis Jenkins, who's also playing great, which when they're both on, it's such a dynamic backcourt, it makes it almost like really, really hard to beat Iona when Jenkins and Clayton are both on because what happens kind of pulls the defense out a little bit, and then Nelly Jr. Joseph will kill you down low. Uh, that combination of having two strong guards and a really good center, uh, when Iona gets rolling, they they get a little unstoppable in the MAC conference. Yeah, and I think that's important. A lot of the teams in the MAC will play three or four guards or just small forwards and maybe one post guy. But uh, Iona's got the luxury of having two quality big kids, uh, some decent sides forward. Uh, but the guards are key. You know, with us, we had Grimes and Burt and Hargraves. Well, there was no, you know, if we played three on three, we would have won the league every night because nobody had three guards out on the perimeter like those three kids. I had three of those kids at Florida State, Charlie Ward, Sam Casal, and Bobby Serra. So I, I really like the two or three guard looks as long as you're all, you know, really good level players. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what Iona has, but they've also got size and uh, they looked really good when they were pressing. Uh, I thought when I watched him in that tournament. Well, that's what happened yesterday, Rick, uh, because Rick loves to press, as you know, um, and his press is very well coached and very effective. But when he had two of his starters out, his bench all of a sudden got thin, and it's harder to press for the whole game. You wouldn't know that, Pat, better than anybody. Yeah, because those guys, they don't get the repetitions uh, doing the press. They might not have the speed and quickness and wingspan of those guys. Um, who is a big, tall, slender youngster? You're thinking about Osborne Shima, the seven foot one guy. Yes, and I mean he's terrific on the press. I mean it's he really amazing. is. Yeah, I mean he he is, and he didn't score any points against Quinnipiac. I can't imagine that. Yeah, he didn't have a good night. And Nelly Nelly Junior Joseph, he's almost automatic. 
automatic meaning he has a good game every time. He's like a double-double machine. You know, Patty started out yesterday one for seven from the field, only end up with four uh, at the half, only had four points. It was a, a really tough game for Nelly, and I think it's what you said. Without Walter Clayton and Dennis Jenkins scaring them uh, from the perimeter, they were able to close in on Nelly Jr. Joseph. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you something again. You just don't. No one plays that well every single night. You know, even the Kansases of the world will have a night. You know, where they go on the road and they play in Iowa State and they get clipped, uh, and they just don't play as well as they always play. It's hard to play at the highest level of what you're capable of every single night. As a coach, you have to kind of sense when that night might happen, or if and when it is happening, uh, make as many of adjustments as you possibly can. But when you don't have the guards, not having the guards really hurts. Yeah, well, Rick tried. Rick called quick timeouts both in the first half when they got down early. Uh, second half when they uh, got down further, Rick called early timeouts. He was trying to make adjustments. You know what? It just wasn't going to happen yesterday for Iona. That was Quinnipiac's game as you're, as you're describing, Pat. Sometimes it's just not your night. Yeah, absolutely. And that happens. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy for the guys of Quinnipiac. Of course, uh, uh, Tom... Uh, Tommy Pecora, who's a dear friend of everybody in the metropolitan area, is on that staff. Sure. And, uh, it's nice to see that those guys are up to a good start. They are. All right, so now tell us before we're commercial break. All right, it happened. Iona had their worst game of the year. What's it like in practice this week with Rick Pitino? Well, you're, you know, you always find reasons to bear down, and you always try to. You can't correct everything in one practice, but you try to take the top four or five things that you really want to correct and you really, really zero in on them. So I'm sure Rick took four or five things from that game, and he really zero in on it. Now you don't, you don't, you know, you don't kill the kids in terms of, you know, running them and running them and running them. You know, you you've got to really work on the court on correcting the mistakes and the areas they got to get better at. Uh, and and it, and it may help, you know, some of the guys that are coming off the bench to realize that they got to do an even better job. Uh, and maybe yesterday just wasn't their night. But it's a good way to impress upon them, hey, when you guys do come off the bench now, you got to step up and do even a better job than you did in the Quinnipiac game. That's a great point, Pat. And I was thinking that, you know, like, yeah, I didn't think Rick was going to uh, have them running sprints because they played so badly. Because you know what? I think Iona got revealed a little yesterday with the two starters out. They need to get ready for this weekend. They got Fairfields coming in. He's got to get this team ready this week, and he's got to get guys to play those minutes of the injured guys if they don't make it back. I don't know if they're making it back yet. But if they're not there this weekend, Rick's got a lot of work to do to get this team ready for the weekend. Right, Pat? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you get a little snake bitten if you don't have some of your better players and the guys that had to come in didn't perform as well as you would have liked them to. You don't want them to get in the game and all of a sudden have a, a fair field come in and start stroking the three ball and then guys start looking over their shoulders. So, there's a lot of psychological aspects that go into these type of games during the course of a full season. All right, Pat, as usual, you were fantastic. Good luck with your basketball team this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Pat. Pat Kennedy, the great coach from Iona. All right, folks, we're going to commercial break, and we'll be right back here on College Hoops Chat. We love that basketball. They're playing Okay, folks, we're back on College Hoops Chat here on WVOX, 1460 AM. Hopefully you enjoyed Pat Kennedy, who did a great job talking about Iona 
Iona's very difficult Sunday yesterday. Look, it happens. Every now and then you play your worst, and the other team plays its best. All right, but now we're going to go talk about another conference that Pat Kennedy once coached in, and that is the Colonial Conference. And on the line is Brant Wilkerson New. Are you there, Brant? I am. How's it going, Jim? Well, thank you so much for calling, and uh, I, I appreciate you jumping in uh, on the show today, especially since uh, the team you follow, the Seahawks, has like one of their bigger games since they've been in the NCAA tournament this week, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a good time to be a Seahawks fan for sure. It is um, probably, you know, the biggest home game ever, some would say. It's the first time we've played a ranked team in our conference at home. Um, Going to go a long way toward deciding the conference, so big time. I agree. A couple things. So first, let's tell let everybody know who you are. Uh, uh, you have um, a Substack. hope I have the right lingo, not to call it a blog. Uh, that is called the the uh, Seahawk Perch, where you I have to let everybody know you do a fantastic job. I'm on your email list. I I, I see all your articles. Everything done is done very first class. I, I imagine you have a media background because I can tell uh, you really do great work. Tell people about yourself quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I have a media background. Covered uh, ACC basketball for a little bit for some newspapers here in North Carolina. Um, but I went to school at UNCW where I, I fell in love with mid-major basketball. And since moving on with my career, I've had a chance to, you know, do this a little bit on the side. And I'm a huge basketball nerd, so I figured, hey, if I'm going to be doing it anyway, might as well share it with the world. Great. And let me let people know that I am a UNCW Seahawk fan. And the reason is that I have uh, a retirement home in Wilmington, North Carolina. Brent knows where the house is. We texted today. So maybe someday, Brent, we'll be sitting together at the Trask Center watching a basketball game. Absolutely. I mean, I, I hope that uh, once you get down there for good, you're going to become a member of the Seahawk Club. You're going to be in your teal every time. But, yeah, that's a huge part of the community there is a lot of folks move to Wilmington when they retire. And maybe they went to school elsewhere, but they kind of adopt the Seahawks there. Um, and it, it's part of what makes it such an awesome program is um, – there's a, there's a lot of uh, influx of money from the uh, the folks that are moving into Wilmington from out of town, and then you add in a crazy rabid student section in, in this state that loves basketball, and you get a pretty good product. I agree. So, um, all right, so we have a huge basketball game. We have Charleston, who's 16-1. and one. They're 51 in, ranked in the net, 84 in Ken Palm. We have 14-3 and three UNCW. They're 86 in the net, 113 on Ken Palm. Uh, Charleston's number 22 in the AP poll. UNCW, I think you and I both thought they might get some votes. They didn't. Uh, and they're both red hot. 15 in a row for Charleston, 13 in a row for UNC Wilmington. This is a heck of a game on Wednesday. Yeah, it is a, it's a game that was kind of circled on the calendar from the beginning of the season for us. And we knew it would be a good game. We probably didn't expect it would be, you know, this level of national attention. But um, I, I'm still working to try to find out how often you get two teams in the same game on winning streaks of this magnitude. Um, it, it's drawing national attention. Dick Vitale tweeted about it earlier today. Um, several other national reporters have been tweeting about the Seahawks and the Cougars. And, yeah, I mean, just two really um, two teams that are going to get after it. There is going to be an incredible fight. There are going to be bumps and bruises um, from this one. So, uh, you know, going into these teams' games on Saturday, they're not going to be feeling very good. All right, so first let me ask you a question. So explain this to someone that, you know, I follow the Colonial somewhat, but not like you do. Um, they're in a TV contract with Flow Hoops, 
which means they're not like most of the rest of the country involved with ESPN+. Plus. So, uh, unfortunately, this epic game that's going to be played uh, on Wednesday, uh, nobody can watch it because it's not uh, either on cable TV or ESPN. How did the Colonial Conference get into this flow hoops? Uh, well, uh, I've, I don't know who made the decision, but uh, <laughs> it's not a very popular one with anybody around the conference. Um, I know it's definitely not popular with the coaches because um, they're trying to recruit. They're telling kids, hey, come watch us. Watch us on TV. Oh, wait, you got to subscribe. you got to pay for the service that nobody else really wants or has. Um, but, yeah, Flow kind of made them an offer they couldn't refuse a few years back. And at the time, it didn't seem like a terrible idea because, you know, it was, hey, let's go try something different. If we're a mid-major basketball conference, ESPN's not going to pay us what they – you know, they're they're just looking for another mid-major basketball. But instead, Flow Sports offered this money. They said, hey, you're going to kind of be the centerpiece of our uh, men's college basketball. And uh, we tried it, and it really hasn't taken off. Uh, fans just won't subscribe. I've, I've heard some pretty shocking numbers as far as the viewership for some of these games. Um, it ran its course. I hope this is the end of the contract. Um, but... It's a no-win situation for anyone right now. It's just not a very good product. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I have, as you know, I'm pretty active on Twitter. And I got all these people saying online today, I'm so frustrated. Oh, I want to watch this game. There's a lot of uh, national college basketball fans that want to watch this basketball game. Yeah. It's um, the C, uh, well, CAA's other contract is with CBS Sportsnet. Um, and they come out with a kind of predetermined slate of games before the season. Um, it's pretty surprising that this one wasn't picked, given the expectations for both teams. Um, but no, uh, I guess there was no way to pick it up and add it to the schedule on a Wednesday night. Um, that was kind of the hope that maybe someone would be able to get it in the five o'clock window on CBS Sportsnet right before the UConn game. But uh, such is life. So we're going to be on on Flow Sports. Thankfully, uh, Mike Vaccaro, UNCW's play-by-play guy, is a pro. Um, he's definitely not a homer like you might uh, see uh, with, with some of these other in-house broadcasts. So right. he's going to do a great job with Marty. Um, if you tune in, you'll see a, a heck of a game. But uh, I, I guess you could always get a trial subscription and try to cancel it as quick as possible. I know people are saying they're going to do that. All right, let's get to the game. So when I looked at the two teams, uh, Charleston, while they are nationally ranked, UNCW is not. They also have better wins, right? They beat Virginia Tech, Kent State, and Richmond. That's pretty good. Best wins for UNCW in North Texas and Missouri State. Uh, now tell me about the two teams. Um, interesting, I noticed Ken Palm is predicting a UNCW win by one point. Yeah, pretty much uh, as far as Ken Palm goes, this is a complete toss-up, which is going UNCW's way based on uh, home court advantage, which is going to be a big deal. Um, game's a sellout. It's about as anticipated as a game as I've seen since I went to school down there my first semester in 2004. Um, so people are going to be excited. It's going to be a crazy student section. Um, that's going to play uh, into the game because both of these teams thrive on emotion. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities in uh, their depth. They play a ton of guys. Um, you never know whose night it's going to be um, for either team, but what UNCW uh, hangs its hat on defense Um which is really a reverse from last year when defense wasn't wasn't such a big deal. But um, the Seahawks press, uh, they trap, they get after you. They've got a couple of all-league type defenders out on the perimeter and a great rim protector in Amari Kelly. So 
Um, and then we're going against Charleston, which is an excellent offensive team that wants to play fast. So a lot of this game is going to come down to which team can get out and, and uh, kind of establish the pace that it wants to play. UNCW is going to want to play a little slower. They're going to want to turn this into more of a slugfest, and Charleston wants to get out and run. Um, UNCW wants to run too, but they want to run different. They want to they want to run off turnovers, uh, live ball turnovers, get some easy buckets that way. Um, whereas Charleston is going to be trying to run off of, of made baskets, and that is one area that UNCW has not been great this year. There have been some lapses in the defense in uh, in the transition game. So I think that is one area to watch. If UNCW can tighten up its transition defense. Uh, that's going to make a huge difference, and I think UNCW will win the game if they do that. If not, uh, Charleston can bury you with the the way that it plays in transition. So they're the Cougars, right? The Charleston Cougars against the UNCW Seahawks. Let me get my nicknames right. Correct. All right. So tell me about some of the key go-to players on both teams. Uh, well, Trezarian White's kind of been the most consistent scorer uh, for UNCW. He's a super athletic three-four man that um, he plays close to the basket. He's got um, great finishes around the basket. Um, he can step outside and shoot it a little bit. Uh, and the biggest thing about his game is that he's gotten a ton more patient in when he catches the ball in the lane. He goes to work. Um, he he's really crafty down there. Um, another guy who's really been coming on strong is Malik Harden Hayes, who is a six-seven kind of stretch perimeter player. That he's hitting over fifty percent of his threes. Um, he leads the defense on the. Uh, he's the head man on the trap. So he is just exactly what UNCW needed in a in um, a guy to kind of run this trap and, and be the focal point of the defense. Um, he transferred in from North Dakota State. So. Um, he's a fantastic player, and I think kind of the X factor is Shaikim Phillips is um, just an incredibly crafty, tough guard. Um, he's an all-league defender. He gets into the uh, lane at will, and he just finishes some of the most ridiculous layups that, that you've ever seen. He has a, a great mid-range game, and uh, he had been battling a little bit of an illness for a couple weeks and wasn't quite himself, but he really came back on on Saturday over at North Carolina A&T, so... I think if he is on top of his game, I, I'm looking for a breakout because he has traditionally played really well against Charleston, and he is a guy that Takeo Siddle wants to put the ball in his hands at the end of a close game. He's good. I've seen him play. He's uh, he's a very smart player. He's crafty. He's fast. Uh, Trezarian uh, White, kind of when you watch the team, jumps off the TV screen. Like That's the guy who seems like their star when I watch the games. Uh, and like you said, Harden Hayes is solid. I noticed he hits like 43% from three. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he uh, he had a little bit of a slow start this year as he adjusted to, you know, new surroundings, new team. Um, but he has absolutely gone off since the start of December. He's had a couple of 20-point games. He put up 28 on on Saturday and basically willed UNCW to that win um, because things were getting a little hairy there at the end. But, um, you know, as, as much as I say all those guys are, are the big-time leaders and scorers of this team, it could really be anybody. They've had 10 different guys that have a 10-point performance this season. So, um, And I think that kind of goes both ways um, where, where Charleston has brought in a ton of these guys that are uh, actually high-level D2 players. They come down to Charleston, and, and they just pick up where they left off, and um, Dalton Bolon and Pat Robinson. Right. Well, I noticed that they've got five guys that average in double digits, the Charleston Cougars. 
Uh, that's a really a diversified offense. Yeah, it is a super balanced team, and I think that's what we're going to see uh, tomorrow night from both teams. Brand, you did a great Thanks job. Tonight. Thank you so much for calling the show. Let's keep in touch on uh, social media. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Brand. Great job. Brand Wilkerson from the Seahawk Birch. All right, folks, we're going to the commercial break, and then we'll be back for our final segment of the show. Okay, folks, we're back on Kyle Chat. I'm Jim Massano, your host here on WBOX, 1460 AM. And Kenny from Rye, are you there? James, how we doing? Good. All right. So <laughs> you and I are going to talk about a different game right now. Another big game for a team that Kenny from Rye has been saying on the show that we hope they do better. We hope this program takes off and that they'd be a really fun program for us to cover on the show because there's so much alumni here in Westchester County, and that is the Fordham Rams. And now we have Kenny from Rye, the Fordham Rams being 13-3, and playing at home uh, on Tuesday against Dayton, maybe the best team in the conference coming into Rose Hill to play Fordham. Dayton is 11-5, and uh, but they're on a six-game winning streak. That's a big game for Fordham, isn't, isn't it, Kenny from Rye? Yeah, I mean, considering the expectations now with the, with the record that Fordham has, and obviously that was set up by, as you've mentioned a number of times, a very, very easy out-of-schedule conference um, uh, game schedule. And so, you know, it, it, I think they're optimistic coming in. I mean, Fordham, while they're 13-3, and three, they are 1-2 and two in the A-10. And um, so, you know, Dayton is kind of the, the opposite of what Fordham has done. They played a very, very difficult schedule at a conference. They played Wisconsin, NC State, UNLV, Virginia Tech, BYU, even SMU as well. So they, they went down a different path than, than uh, Fordham did. But I think for Fordham's purposes, is, is, is they're trying to build themselves up um, you know, piece by piece. And as Pat Kennedy said in, in, has said in the past, you set up your schedule to try and make the postseason. And in Fordham's case, we, we know it's probably the NIT that they're probably shooting for. I agree. So um, so here's the prediction. Ken Palm, which does the analytics for college basketball, they're kind of the top dog in analytics. Their prediction is Dayton wins this game 67-60. But as Kenny said, um, regardless of how we got to this game this week, Fordham is playing Dayton at home, and this is a huge moment for them to get a, a big win. Yeah, I think also in looking at their at their um, at their loss against Davidson, they did lose to URI in a closer game. Davidson was not as close for Fordham, but they they also didn't have well they had him, but he was very very part time. Their leading scorer Quisenberry, who's averaged sixteen point eight points a game at Fordham, has really been a steady Eddie for, for them throughout the out of conference schedule as well as in conference. But that game he was a little bit under the weather, uh, and so that that obviously hurt them. So, you know, they've got a solid three, a core three that they, they seem to kind of be the three that score the most points every game. Cuisenberry leads every day. Then there's a Georgia Tech transfer more, and then another gentleman is a junior, Charlton, who kind of round out their scoring. And they've been pretty consistent throughout. So um, I like what they've done, and I think coming into Fordham, if they get some enthusiasm from the student body and others, I think it could be a good game at home for them. Well, that's a great question. So, as you know, I went to St. Bonaventure, so I often go to St. Bonaventure at Fordham. And I go with a buddy who, who went to Fordham, and his kids went to Fordham, and his father taught at Fordham. He's a big Fordham guy, obviously. And when we get there for these games, Kenny, you know the reputation of Bonaventure. They travel. 
uh, when I'm sitting in Fordham, St. Bonaventure at Fordham, there's more St. Bonaventure fans in the gym than there are Fordham fans in the gym. I'm curious if this school is going to get up for this game uh, and fill it up with Fordham fans. Well, I look at it. I have to probably have to look at the schedule. I don't know if the kids are back in school at that point in time, but uh, since many of them are local, hopefully it's not a huge gym to fill. Uh, so they should work on that, and that, that has a lot to do with the marketing. I know you you have gotten friendly with the AD uh, of Fordham, and I think he's been more enthusiastic than others on the on the athletic front, which is important. Um, but again, as you say, they, they can't have a gym dominated by the opposing team. I mean, that's, it's an embarrassment to some extent. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. But I like the direction, and I particularly in this kind of search at Fordham, you know, did a little bit of deep dive in the coach. And I think their coach, Keith Ergo, has, has really got an interesting resume. Um, I think he's an up-and-comer, and he's structured this team very well. And this is a premeditated out-of-conference schedule. So I think he knows what he's doing and is not going to continue to do this. But I think he knows what he's doing this year to, to, to show a record on paper that maybe is a little bit better than it deserves to, be, deserves to be, but one where he starts to build momentum from there. I agree. I think Ergo, Keith Ergo is a good coach. When I watch Fordham, I've now watched him three or four times this year. There's no question it's a well-coached team on the floor. Uh, they kept winning when their best guy, Cuisenberry, was a little banged up. Um, Caleb Moore, like you said, is a solid player, 14 points a game, six rebounds a game. Uh, they play well, and I also want to say you're right. The athletic director's turning around the Fordham athletic program. Ed Cull, he's terrific, uh, and I imagine he's working on getting that gym filled tomorrow night with Fordham fans wearing Fordham uh, paraphernalia, yelling and screaming for the Fordham Rams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they did a solid job. As anybody follows anything locally, they did a real good job with their football team this year, and I think the the, the focus on uh, and the hiring of Keith Ergo after the coach they had. It's kind of a one and done, and that was not not their fault. It was an opportunity at Villanova that, that took them down there. But I think Ergo has been a great replacement. And I think seeing also from some of the blogs here, they've done a decent job on recruiting for next year as well. They, they have guys that have three commits so far, or three verbals, I should say. Oh, excuse me, two verbals for 2023 so far. And both of them, they were competing against, you know, other A-10 schools who have quote-unquote, better reputations basketball-wise, and also some out-of-conference teams that are pretty competitive as well. So um, he, he'll, he'll farm that, and then he'll farm a little bit, I'm sure, from the transfer portal as well, like he did with Moore coming from Georgia Tech. I agree. All right, so one last thing. Kenny, we have an, uh, an Iona call that I want to squeeze in, so let me just say one thing. Watch out, folks. If you watch this game on Tuesday, Deron Holmes, 19 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, is a really strong Big-time recruit to Dayton. He's a star in college basketball. He could be a star anywhere in college basketball. He leads Dayton. He's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, it'll be a good game. I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about the program's direction, and I'm hoping for a competitive game tomorrow. Me too. I agree. Thank you, Kenny from Rye. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's go to the phone line because we have John from Portchester who hasn't called in a while. We miss him. John from Portchester, are you there? Yes, I am, Jim. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. First, let me say thank you. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. And it's always uh, great to speak with you and listen to your show. And it's uh, a privilege to be on the same show with uh, Kenny from Rye and Brant Wilkerson and certainly the, the legendary Pat Kennedy from Iona. That's, that's, this is a, a treat for me. Well, you're pulling together. Uh, you're, le- you're the closer, so you're doing a great job yourself. So how frustrated are you about yesterday? Uh, quite. And, uh, and I'm not going to say I saw it coming because I didn't. But 
Um, I didn't think they were going to go 20-0, and and I figured at some point there was going to be some big hiccup, and boy, what a hiccup it was. And everyone now has to take a deep breath and, uh, you know, and get back to work. And the reality is, yes, Iona is the team to beat. Iona has always been the team to beat for quite a while, even under Tim Kluse. Now, with Rick Pitino as head coach, it's even a bigger target. Everyone gets up for, for, for Iona. So it's been a, it's, it, that was a, that was a real tough game to watch yesterday, definitely. I had a hard time watching it myself. I was very, very frustrated. Um, look, I, I, I don't want to act like um, I'm, I'm, I'm making excuses, but they did lose 28% of their firepower with Slazinski and Clayton not playing. That's 28 points. Um, I think what we talked about with Pat, uh, this team has a lot of work to do this week to have these other players step up just in case Clayton and Slazinski are not back. Correct. And, and they have. When you saw what they did against Marist, they definitely did. They didn't do it on, um, on Sunday. Uh, Cruz Davis, who was, he's incredible to, to see, had, didn't have a good game. He's going to be he's gonna be wonderful for the program. So, yeah, um, some of these other guys will, will have to step up. They just didn't get it done yesterday. Everyone has a bad day, like uh, Pat Kennedy said, and boy, everything went wrong yesterday for Iona, but I still, I still believe they're the team to beat. I'm sure Sienna fans are happy about this, and, uh, but th- that being said, we're gonna, I- I'm pretty sure we're going to right the ship. We've got a legendary coach, and uh, we'll be fine. I'm glad you mentioned Cruz Davis, folks. On Friday against Maris, Cruz Davis did step up in the absence of Walter Clayton, and scored 16 points. That's a big night for the freshman. So that's a name to watch uh, on Friday night against Fairfield and Sunday against Ryder. Um, Cruz Davis is a player that really is going to need to step up. You could see how good he is when he's on the floor. He has moments where you could see that he was a Power 5 uh, recruit. Yeah, he actually, he, he plays, he doesn't play like a freshman, Jim. He, he, I mean, you, you, you watch him, you would think that he, he's a, like a, a junior or a senior. He's got that kind of confidence, and, and we like that. It just didn't work out yesterday. I agree, he's a big-time recruit, and uh, look, Iona's got two challenges. Fairfield's good, and Ryder's even better. They got two tough games. John, let's hope they get it together this week. Absolutely, Jim. Always great speaking with you. Thank you so much for the call. We greatly appreciate it. I'll be back to you soon. Great, great. Super. Thanks. Bye. All right, folks. That's John from Portchester. Great show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Jim Misano. This is College Hoop Chat. We'll be back here next Monday night.